You know how I know it's so long since we've done a real podcast? Why? Because we never recorded a podcast in which we mentioned marshmallow snack facts. <laughs> which still gives me great joy. <laughs> you know, Look like at yourself. Weeks out. <laughs> Look at yourself. I say that now and people don't get it. I just assume well, that it's common parlance. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Marshmallow snack packs. Look at yourself. <laughs> take, a, take a spiritual inventory of your life. Yes, you need to arrange. You who requested marshmallow snack packs. Yeah, you need to break yourself down into little pieces and acknowledge each of them. Maybe clean them up a little bit. You uh, you come home from work. Instead of cracking open a beer, you grab yourself a marshmallow snack pack. Just ease into your favorite armchair. Turn on the TV. Yeah, just prepare yourself for that like mind-blowing realization or epiphany one day as you do it. It's like, wait, I've been doing this for two years. What have I done with my life? He looked at himself. Uh, what you've done is gained 450 pounds. <laughs> You're now the fattest man on earth, thanks to Marshmallow Snack Packs. <laughs> A thing that doesn't even exist. You imagined it and it immediately couldn't. put on the weight. In no fair world would it exist. Yeah, maybe I should Google it because maybe it already does. Oh, if it are <laughs> just laboring under this. Well, I mean, hey, we do live in a pack. world where pizza is a vegetable. We do live in a world where Kickstarter exists. If pizza was a vegetable, so... I should be like impervious to disease. Yeah, because that is. Uh... Oh no, that's yeah. If pizza's a vegetable. <laughs> Then I have actually fulfilled the the food pyramid for once in my life. Yes, I haven't fulfilled it. I no, I built I it in Japanese myself. Made one. I'm pyramid shaped. <laughs> you built it in your own image. Yes. I mean, this is. I think for it to be truly considered a marshmallow snack pack, it just has to be a pouch that would ordinarily contain fruit snacks with regular-ass marshmallows in that. And, I mean, that's not that even... the true face of evil. I bet if you actually looked at the contents of a fruit snack snack pack, it's probably yeah. not really that much different than a pack of marshmallows. The pack of marshmallows just doesn't lie to you about what it is. The pack yeah. of marshmallows doesn't say, hey... fruit. Or they, they should just put... <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to do, Dave. I'm going to just stuff marshmallows into bags and write fruit on them, like fruit snacks. <laughs> It's like, no, no, that you're, you're tasting uh, the fruit. You kind of need a, like a lobby in Congress to to get that pushed through. No, I don't. If you're looking to have marshmallows labeled as fruit. Why would you need a lobby in Congress? There's just going to be some guy that stands up against it on principle. Like, I don't agree with this government regulation. I believe the children should be obese, stupid. <laughs> so we're relying on the Rand Paul vote. Yeah. Why not? Apparently it's working. Everybody just has some principal disagreement about nothing, and nothing gets yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Thanks, the government. Behold, the spirit of compromise, the thing that made this country great. Laid to waste. Oh, man. The other thing I did in this time that we've been apart is Grotz and I played through the entirety of Dark Souls co-op. Yeah, I'm super jelly. Thus, <laughs> BTW. our experience. I've played that game three and a half times now. In the span of two months. You add one other person to that game, and you have fun possibly forever. Yeah. Grotz was like, what do we do now that we beat it? Let's just do New Game Plus. I was like, I can't with my body. (laughs) Can you play a game four times? Is this Resident Evil 3? It's so easy. (laughs) 
I mean, the game is still, it's never truly easy, but with a crapload of empirical knowledge and another person there, it almost becomes a pleasant experience. <laughs> Except that you have to play as a, one of you has to be a human at all times in order to summon the other person who is not human. Right. Which means you are always prone to invasions, which means that you are always prone to a group of assholes whose sole purpose it is in life is to game the system. Basically what they do is they cut off their leveling at a certain point, pretty low, like 20 or 30, depending on what area you're in, and then just play through the rest of the game getting all the really good gear they want. Wait, how do so they cut off their can, leveling? Well, they just stop leveling, but they keep playing the game. Oh. Uh, so they, can, they, they get really good gear, and then they come kick your ass in the undead parish. Oh, because as soon as you get so, there, you're like level 60, but you have garbage, and they're level 30, and they have epic purples. Yeah. Their, their stuff is amazing and kills you in one hit. So there was like, the first guy that invaded us just was dropping items because I think he felt bad for us. So he gave us a bunch of crap because he was embarrassing us so much. He was like, oh, I'm not even going to kill you. Eh, whatever. Well, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's annoying. It's not a huge deal. Uh, did you ever beat one like, of those guys, though? Because that would be awesome if you just took I care think of business. we did maybe one time. One time, uh, we were we were in An Orlando on that big circular elevator, and Graz was running away, and I was chasing the guy who was in the, in the middle of both of us. And she jumps down the stairs, and he jumps after her and does a plunging attack, which kills her. And I jump down and do a plunging attack, which kills him. Nice. And then when she resurrected, she had zero souls. And I was like, oh, man. I saw, the, I saw his soul number click up as you died. I thought we got, like, the 20k souls from killing him. Turns out we did. They were on her bloodstain. So we went, when we went back to get it, it was this, like, happy little bump <laughs> where we had both gotten 20,000 extra souls. That's pretty dope. So that was cool. But, no, it's usually just people murdering the crap out of you like they they all have the, that ring that makes your role basically invincible like your entire role is one big set of invincible frames yeah uh, and just a lot of other broken equipment like that so you know we kind of just lied back and thought of england <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of lame i i that that yeah. was sort of the the thing that i envisioned the multiplayer devolving into you have this the potential for a great deal of fun, but the even greater potential for the most obnoxious griefing the world has ever known. Yeah, I we played through Demon Souls before this, and I think probably just because that game is not really very popular anymore, the people who are invading us seem just like regular Joes. So because there were two of us, we could actually pretty much just run a train on them. <laughs> well, I feel like that. I don't know, maybe they need to patch that. Or some, I guess they're never going to patch it because why would they? No, but I mean, if you invade a world kind of the and point. there's two guys in there, you should get wrecked. Because I like in, that's a game where you know I'd be getting killed by two guys if they were just you know the creep, let alone another human. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just I, they, these people are so practiced. It's that standard thing where there's pvp in a role-playing game where not only do you have to contend with the fact that this guy is more skilled than you because he's been playing with this goal in mind 
for many hours where you really have not. But you also have to deal with the fact that he's got way better gear than you. Because so there's a power imbalance even if you had the same amount of skill. Yeah. Say la vie. But whatever. It it was there were like minute or two disturbances every hour. So it never ended up being a big deal. There there was one part where this guy kept murdering us in Anne Orlando where at the infamous spot where the the guys shoot the harpoons at you oh, wow. and knock you off the bridge. So we got past them. You could actually really cheese it just by poisoning those guys with poison arrows and waiting like five minutes for them to die, <laughs> which is fine, because if they're going to cheese me, then I'm going to cheese them. Nice. But we got past that part, and when you're co-oping, you can't use bonfires. So there's a bonfire right after there to give you a checkpoint, but we couldn't use it. So I was like, we got to get in there. We got to make it all the way to open the shortcut at the beginning of the level before we get invaded and murdered. Otherwise, we got to do this all over again. <laughs> so it was really fraught. The same guy invades us, and we just got into the bonfire room, and there was somebody's summoning sign just happened to be on the ground. So I was just like, I'm picking him up. <laughs> We're going to triple team this guy. <laughs> and so the guy loads in right as the bad guy, the PvP guy, finds us, and the PvP guy just walks out of the room. <laughs> oh. And teleports out, like uses that crystal that kicks oh, you out that of the world. Oh, that is lame, man. You should have to suffer for your crimes. I know. I mean, at the very least, if you're the invader, if you teleport out, the people you invaded should get the souls. Yeah, man. Because they were just chilling. Dude, that is the saltiest. He just walks in. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, I... And the most irritating part is whenever anybody kills you, they've all got some preferred emote they like to use as your screen is fading to black. <laughs> so they're all dancing or bowing. At least they can't teabag like, you. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I hate you. I'm still super jelly. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, the, and the connecting in co-op was not... As hard as I was led to believe, but it was not easy. We, we, we basically were just going in blind and combining all these anecdotal things and just trying to sift through them, figure out what was actually true. Like People were like, all right, what you got to do is you put your sign down, you wait like 10 seconds. If the other person doesn't see it, do it again. And then this other group of people is like, no, no, the guy getting summoned puts their sign down. And then the host puts their sign down, and immediately erases it. And then you see if you can see the other guys. Uh, it turns out all you have to do is the person who wants to be summoned puts their sign down, and then you just wait until it shows up. And it will eventually show up. <laughs> it seems like you cycle through the little mini servers they have, the peer-to-peer -peer stuff, every couple minutes. So you just sit there and watch the screen, put something on Netflix on your laptop, and just wait for the magic to happen. Yeah, that's so, not that hard. I guess it's also I mean, true so that what, there are probably at this point very few people playing. So it's not like you're competing with yeah, thousands and thousands of signs to get connected. Yeah. It's at, at best at, there were times There were times when it took the better part of an hour. But often it was less than 15 minutes. And then once you find each other, as long as you don't turn the Xbox off, you're all, you, you stay on the same server. Well, that's cool. So that's nice. Uh, the first time we did it, when I was like, did I just waste my time again? And we're not actually going to be able to play this game together. We're just like hitting the button. We're trying all these 
occult rituals to try and get the symbol to show All right, up. Wait, when do I slaughter the chicken? Now, does the blood have to get on my Xbox or on yours? Oh, it's not a chicken. It's a pheasant. This was a total waste of time. On the plus side, pheasant. Delicious. Now we can just eat just it. Just put it in a pan. Stuff it. Put some wild Don't even rice take the feathers there, off. I'm just going to eat it all whole. I'm eating it raw right now. Yeah. So the first time we did it, I was like, I'm going to restart my Xbox. I think it's the time in the cycle where we should try restarting the Xbox. And <laughs> the time after the cycle. I put, you know, we were trying this for like an hour. We were just willing to do anything. Uh, and after I pushed the power button on the Xbox, as the screen is fading out, her sign shows up. <laughs> and I, I just hurled myself face down onto the bed and wept. <laughs> oh, man. That's, yeah. But man, that was fun. And then I saw this thing today where some guy was like, Castlevania run, Dark Souls. Here's what you do. Leather armor, whip, sub weapons, that's it. And I was like, I want to go to there and do that. (laughs) (laughs) For no reason. I got to stop playing this game. This is the new um, Resident Evil slash Final Fantasy Tactics. It's a game you're going to play forever, accomplish every difficult scenario that people just yeah. create for themselves it's totally absurd <laughs> yeah the, the just made up game scenarios that have no purpose in the rules it's like here use a whip you know it's not a good weapon in dark souls a whip how do you even get a whip i never even saw one <laughs> there's two there's one in blight town and then you can get one off a, an npc black phantom and they are bad they're so slow which you wouldn't i mean it's a whip You'd think it'd be fast. Yeah, Indiana Jones used one like the business. I guess, though, in Castlevania, that whip is slow as shit. So it actually does kind of relate. Is it really that slow? It takes forever. I mean, you know, like how in Castlevania, specifically in the first game, I don't remember if they did in the rest, but he pulls it behind him before he attacks with it. The original? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... It's it's sort of that thing. You have to know exactly when the proper time to attack is. Yeah. And in, in Castlevania, you could also upgrade your whip to be a chain mace, which if most of the enemies came in contact with it, it, it killed them in one shot. So Yeah. So there's also Ooh. that. Yeah. Do you have to, like, what do you man. even, what scales the damage on the whip? Dexterity? Yeah, it's all dex. Dex. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was... When we played together, I was like, I'm going to try a faith build, <laughs> which Grotz did sorcery. Sorcery is pretty OP. Oh, that's the way it was. I mean, you when we were talking about first playing the game and you described Demon Souls to me, you said, just pick sorcery and get the ring. Yeah, and yeah, Demon Souls. Because the, there's one class that starts with a magic spell. The Royals. And starts with a ring Thanks, that regenerates their mana. So... Why would you ever pick anything else? Because your class doesn't eventually matter. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Graz, in the beginning of the game, it sucked. Because maybe a third of the way through, you free the sorcery trainer who sells you the really good spells. Yeah. And He's the dude in uh, whatever. In Sense Fortress. Sense Fortress? Oh, okay, yeah. The big hat Logan. So he sells you the really important ones like Soul Spear and Homing Crystal Soul Mass, which is like the options from Gradients. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the, you just get these five lights that float around you and hit whoever you're They lash out at people. generally one-shot them. So 
where I'm like, okay, as soon as we get this guy, you'll get some good spells. You won't be using the same exact little laser spell you've been using for these laser. past hours. Laser. Uh, we we realize, I was, but you know, you, you get a momentum in that game and you really end up never going back to the hub. So I was like, wait until we can teleport around, then we'll go back to the hub, you'll get the spells. We get there, guy isn't there. Chat channel is telling us, well, shit, uh, he probably moved to the next area since you just beat that last area. And we're like, okay, crap, we gotta get to the next area. So we do that, and he is nowhere to be found. <laughs> and eventually we realize what happened is she opened the cage. And killed him. But then, it was, no, no, she just never talked to him. So he never left. Oh, so no. We, we went back to Sen's Fortress, and he's still sitting there in the fucking open cage. Dude. <laughs> Just go home. That is total nubbishness. You got you to gotta click. Come on, Grotz. Yeah, I know. You click until they repeat. I mean, she, I mean who doesn't? Who, who has played video games and not done that? I think she was probably just freaked out because all those cages are over pits, and to get close enough to talk to the people... Or pick up items. It feels like you're just going to walk into a bottomless pit. Yeah. So that always stressed me out too. But yeah, that's the other thing. We streamed the whole thing, which like, we streamed the whole video game and a bunch of people actually watched it for the whole run or most of it. Wow. It was like probably more than 30 hours. Yeah, but it was definitely, that was something that was probably just on in the background while they were doing other stuff. I mean, I know how it went... In the times when I have watched people stream things, it is not my primary focus. But still, it was cool. People were, like, giving hints. We were making our own inside jokes. The dude we summoned when we needed a third man to fight off that phantom, his gamer tag was Damien Septuchini. Yeah. And we basically became his balladeers. <laughs> we were just talking about how he was just, like, Let us sing a guy. song of Damien Septuchini. Raise a glass to him. May yeah. he be remembered forever in the Hall of Heroes. He was a pretty good guy. He was all Damien right. Septicini. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was actually his real name? He was like in Italy I, playing I Dark have Souls. I assume it is. He's like, hey. You guys need us some help? Go, I'm making you pizza. I got to go get them my pizza out of the oven. Damien Septicini. Saving you from enemies. Bringing pizza. Yeah. I just think it's um, awesome that they just turned around and booked. It's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, man. It he made walked in on so the wrong he, thing. I, I think he had killed us twice before we got to that point. So I was just like, fuck it. Just summon another person. I can't take it anymore. Well, I think it's also awesome. And it's like, uh-oh. It's like the shit just, just got like, real. Pieces. Uh, sorry. My pieces. bad. Pieces. <laughs> you, uh, you really should be able to hunt him down. I think you should be able to lock up your world. Like he just he like he has to escape and he has to you barter for his ability to get away. So either he you know he basically has to gamble the amount of souls he'll pay to get out of your world, and you can pay a higher amount to keep him there. <laughs> that would be amazing if there was some cosmic justice. Yeah. It's like how much are you willing to pay to totally <laughs> garbage rules, stomp son. this guy? And I, it would always be the maximum. I'd be like, he just hears I'm the clanging of Damien Septuchini at his heels. <laughs> hey, where it's are you like going? A, you trying to find my friends? It's like an old Eastern European ghost story. Yeah, it does sound kind of like Kaiser good. Soze. Or Damien Damien Septuchini. But anyway, we're not talking. I believe the the purpose of this was to talk about 
a Golgo 13. Oh my gosh. How Golgo so is I, Golgo. I would just I just want to say that no inmate has ever escaped from this stone box in the middle of the ocean successfully. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't even know what's even crazier so yeah, so we're talking about Golgo 13. We're we're continuing uh our march through possibly the greatest animated series of all time. Mostly because be. every episode includes Golgo 13. It's like you you actually would kind of think, "Hey, I'm getting a little worn out with all this Gogo 13. He's too much of a force to watch like five episodes in a row. I need a breather. And I got to the point where they do give you a breather. And there's a whole episode about this photographer. Oh, who, who is cares? Trying to, he's trying to take a picture of Golgo as he's in the moment of firing because nobody has ever done that and lived. And he's like... I'm gonna get my. Why would you even be trying way? to take a picture of a like uh, the most well-known international assassin while he's assassinating somebody? That means he's gonna Why? have some way to kill you right there. Well, the most shocking thing is that he doesn't kill the photographer, but he. So the way, so the guy's following him around, and he finally figures out a way. He knows that Gogo's gonna use one of these two buildings. He calls in a bomb threat to the one he's using while he's camped out in front of the other one. So Gogo has to go to his backup plan. And just as the clock strikes noon, his target opens the shades. And he's about to shoot him when he sees the flash of the dude's camera lens. And ejects the magazine from his gun. Puts another bullet into it. And then turns to the photographer, shoots at him, and then turns back and kills his target. So he just scares the photographer into not... Yeah, but he doesn't actually shoot him. Maybe he just breaks the camera. But then the photographer's like, whoa, I got aced. And he goes downstairs, and there's Gogo13 just standing there across the street in a park, still wearing his maintenance uniform. (laughs) And the guy's just like, oh my, Gogo13, no! (laughs) He's just like, finger guns. And then it just ends. He just like, (laughs) gives him the taka 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 as he tries to run away. Taka. <laughs> oh, Golgo thirteen. Who won't you shame by assassinating somebody in some grandiose way? Okay, I'm not sure if I brought this up the last time we talked about Golgo thirteen. Wait, I mean, we've TV talked about show. Golgo thirteen probably like twenty times on this yeah. podcast. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about the TV, and show and I've been because... thinking about him the whole time. Yeah, it's kind of gay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> It's everybody gets a pass when it's Gogo 13 is on the line. But uh, I was thinking about this in the movies, even though he was a complete amoral bastard, at least 75% of the people he was killing deserved it. <laughs> Can we say that? That the majority of the people he killed were straight up. Evil. Yes. Well, they all were. In one of the episodes. <laughs> I mean, the only one who one was mildly the- redeeming was Queen Bee. And she was yeah. still kind of crazy. And she was trying to kill him when he killed her, so it's all good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When he waits until the ladies draw down. Oh. You... Like that n- naked mafia boss on the horse. <laughs> that was, that was Queen V. No, that was, that's in the original movie. Yeah. Her name is Queen V. No. no, Queen V is a completely separate no movie. No way. Yes, that's the one. It's a red-headed chick. He goes oh, to you're South totally America. right. 
She is She's the, the leader of, of her a... entire rebellion. Yes, I totally <laughs> got that wrong. You're right. Guerrilla army that she somehow mothered all of them. My problem is that, I mean, even though they have different backstories, they are entirely interchangeable in terms of how Gogo treats them. Oh, of course. Some of these show these episodes are exactly the same as plots from the movies. Like the one where they've got the anti-sniper. Or the well, that sniper, one was different. Anti-sniper sniper. No. That that one was just tweaked enough that you you it was just totally absurd in a show that is full of patently absurd ideas, themes, characters. That one stands out because you've got this young hotshot sniper who you know it's no big deal to admit to the Secretary of Defense that you have hacked the president's personal computer account, also the vice president. Uh, and you, you know, you know all these really secretive things, but you're unaware of the fact that at an airport, Gogo 13 counter assassinated a dude by shooting him in the hand so that he murdered someone for Gogo 13. <laughs> and you think you're going to stop him from shooting somebody by shooting him? I highly doubt it. Yeah. Good luck with that. Good luck getting shot. A billion times by the SWAT team. <laughs> Not even getting shot a billion times by the SWAT team. Just like, good luck shooting GoGo13, period. Yeah. I like how when they're, they're, you know, they do this thing pretty often in GoGo13 where they show what buildings he might shoot his target from. And they're always like, well, this building's right out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's always that building. <laughs> well, he picks like the, he picks the impossible shot. But it's like what's more amazing isn't even the fact that Gogo Thirteen picked the impossible shot. It's that preceding that he sniped the dude on the other roof while jogging. Yeah, he like like the guy was like laying down. He had him in his sights, and Gogo just like you know hops over wow. the top like the the sort of arc in this curved roof, tags the dude center of mass, and then blows up a helicopter with a single bullet. Yeah, and the helicopter explodes for. No joke, 45 minutes. <laughs> While Multiple angles. It. <laughs> it's just, there's like a good 30 seconds of that helicopter exploding while everybody Dude, watches you just all gave me an idea terror. for a show. I'm going to call it The Explosion, and it's just going to be a spliced together thing of 100 people's reactions to The Explosion as it's happening. So it's just, uh, you know, immediately cut together 10-second vignettes. It's going to be three hours long. I like it. I think that idea has potential. Get some venture capital behind it. <laughs> yeah, it did explode for like dollars. a super long time. Well, I mean, they had to provide the distraction because GoGo13 was on a roof in a freaking airport. With a million SWAT dudes around. How did he escape? They knew what he looked like. Just everybody hold hands and stand in a circle <laughs> around the building. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they never really go that deep into the logistics of how Gogo manages to escape. Nobody knows. It's magic. He just he gets into a box like Solid Snake, and they just carry him off. He just waits in the back of a truck, and the truck drives away. Yeah. But, but my original point was, the people he kills in this show, most of them are just chilling. There's, a, there's one episode where he kills a young football player because the old football player didn't want to be replaced. Yeah. It's some pretty messed that's, up stuff. Dude, go, go. That's messed up. 
And he kills all these FBI guys who are being bodyguards for this mob boss. Yeah. It's like I thought about that immediately. So like that uh the story of that one is that the uh there's this mob boss or the, he's not even really a mob boss. He's the leader of a drug cartel. I guess he's supposed to be all mobbed up. Uh but he plants supposedly his double in a car protected by the FBI and then Gogo assassinates the boss, but it was supposed to be a double, but it turns out that it was actually the boss, which really doesn't make any sense because like, why, yeah, so, yeah, the, why didn't anybody else in the organization know about this? The plot was to assassinate a body double of the boss so the boss could get off scot-free. In fact, he assassinated the boss thinking it was the boss because they hid that it was the body double from him. And then... The body double took the boss's stuff and went to Hong Kong. But everybody in the organization believed that he was actually the boss, making this the worst, you know, subterfuge ever. Or the best. And then, I can't tell. And then Gogo has this bizarre sense of honor where he's like, the contract isn't finished. Something's fishy about this. Well, it's not even something's fishy about this. It's immediately revealed to him that the boss is still alive. Because the boss brings him in to assassinate the guy who was working for the boss who hired Golgo 13, supposedly. This is like Tony Almeida levels of yeah. uh, conspiracy and counter... I don't know, just straight up lies and counterintelligence. I, it, it doesn't make any sense. If you tried to write this down on paper, it would probably just burst into flame. <laughs> it couldn't exist in this world. Nobody knows how they got the script down in the first place. <laughs> there may not have been a script. Well, it was like, honestly. The animators were, uh, you know, drawing in the dark, completely unaware of what they were, you know. Yeah. It's actually a series of other dialogue chunks cut up and pasted together randomly. <laughs> well, how many lines of dialogue does Gogo 13 have in I watched 5 episodes? He probably said Less than five things. Well, it was always the same theme. I'm going to kill you. It might as well have only been one yeah. thing. Oh, man. But there was... I don't know. It's great to watch Golgo 13 because it's always exactly what you're expecting. Yeah. Oh, man. He is, it's, so, it's so evil. When he goes into the prison that nobody's ever escaped from to escape <laughs> specifically with the guy where it's revealed at the end that he got sent in to kill that guy so he helps the guy escape and then kills him well, <laughs> it's like the guy was on death row and they just wanted to kill him because he might talk yeah. it's not safe with him alive even in prison and there's no way we could ever assassinate somebody in prison without getting golgo 13 involved first the mafia has <laughs> yeah, never just, done that before just grind some glass in his food I know that doesn't work. Just have doesn't somebody stab him. This happens <laughs> yeah. in prison all the time. You don't need to hire the world's greatest assassin to break the guy out of jail and then let him, you know, then have that assassin shoot him immediately after, you know, they've made it to dry land. Mm-hmm. What's even more crazy is so Gogo, like, the guy's like, oh, Gogo, this was a great plan. Hey, you've got everything you need. We've got a change of clothes. Even the rifle. You're assembling a <laughs> rifle. He's not, he's none the wiser, which is even, like, makes it even more. Until, yeah, until that dramatic moment when he turns the gun on him. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. Although he turns around and then he, like, chambers a bullet. He's like, hey, Gogo, what are you doing? 
You want you want one of these sandwiches? I found some sandwiches. Yeah. No, you didn't find them. We packed them. <laughs> I packed the lunch. Go, go. I made it just oh, for you. A picnic. I knew you were going to get me out of prison, so I made you a present. It's like, in what universe does anyone who's heard of GoGo13 think that GoGo13 is helping them? <laughs> well, and in this universe, everyone has heard of GoGo13. He even uses yeah. his real name that he flies on planes with when he's arrested and put into prison. They say, you're they Duke Togo. It. Whenever they get him on video, he blows up the video console and blinds the cop who's reading it. <laughs> Like, did you did you watch the football episode? Uh, I don't think I did. Okay, so so it's first off, it takes place in Baltimore, and so it, it's a football themed episode. The plot is, as I said, the older football player hires him to kill the younger football player, so he won't get replaced. And then the Baltimore police see they have videotape where they they're like, he was using this camera. He had the rifle somehow disguised in this really long camera lens. Uh, it was a tiny rifle. It was a rifle that was actually made for a cat to hold, but then he modified it to put it into this camera lens. <laughs> but I don't wanna, uh, so the the Baltimore police has a tape, and at one point they say, uh, "The Baltimore a touchdown for the Baltimore police," wouldn't you say? And I said, "The Baltimore police has never scored a winning touchdown over anything. <laughs> it is Baltimore." <laughs> But whatever, and you man, you should have seen that episode. There's a point. This guy walks around with a tiny dog, like he's he's a private investigator or something, or he's a police officer, and he's just carrying this small dog around with him everywhere. Uh, Gogo gets put in the hospital because they say he has cholera and they have to keep him in quarantine, and it's just a stalling tactic. And so he somehow escapes the hospital, and right as the nerdy police lab technician guy is scrolling through the tape where they find the camera angle that proves that it was Gogo 13 that fires the shot. Gogo shoots their videotape console, which makes it explode well, <laughs> and blinds the kid. And then they rush over to the hospital and he's just sitting there in the bed. And he's like, sup? He's like doing Sudoku. And they're like, how did you get? We'll never prove it. <laughs> He knew how to distract the nurses and the security guards. He snuck out. He snuck back in. He's a genius. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's sort of the the Kenshiro of guns. He can just find the pressure points in anything to make it explode. Yeah. Even I mean, they're like, yeah, he shot it with like a fire bullet or something. <laughs> the guy who says like he used some kind of highly flammable projectile, and while he's doing this. He's holding this tiny dog in his arms. <laughs> it's like I, I must have looked away for a second. I had no idea why he was carrying You look this back, dog the guy's around. just standing there, the dog, he, no expression on his face, and the dog is just licking his mouth. Yeah. Sir, sir this is a police station. That, that's disgusting. Why why are you doing that? And the chief of police has this Hitler mustache like <laughs> Oh, go go thirteen. My God, hurt so one. good. I know it's such a. It's pretty much the weirdest show that's ever been made. <laughs> just, none of it makes any sense. There's even I one like of the it because there's a scene. I don't even remember what they're talking about. I think it's in the one where Golgo 
is getting ready to assassinate the Jordanian emissary or whatever. Uh-huh. And the night before he's going to shoot him, they have, you know, the, the prototypical go-go lovemaking scene in which a woman rides around on top of him and he looks at her with what can only be, you know, considered hatred. <laughs> it's like, what? This doesn't make any sense. When that came up, I was watching it in the office, and my finger was on the trigger for just such a moment. <laughs> you knew it was as coming. As soon as the first hit hint of a moan hit my eardrums, I like had my I drug the Chrome window over to cover up Netflix. I was like, "Yep, just looking at Kotaku." <laughs> Same thing I always do. <laughs> oh man, it's just like Golgo. Why don't you open up your heart and let love in? He can't. It's too hard. He needs to meet that special lady. You know, the kind he won't murder while she's naked on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> or the kind he just doesn't want to murder while she's naked on There's horseback. There's no one. I know. There's no one Golgo oh, wouldn't want to murder. Yeah, he's he's just sitting out there in a field plicking, plucking petals off a dandelion. I kill her. I kill her not. I kill her. Every time. Gotta do what the dandelion says. Because I'm crazy. <laughs> it's like in a psychologist's uh, office. It's like, Golgo, aren't you really just killing yourself when you kill these lovers? It's self-destructive behavior. It's like, you know what? You're right. And then he shoots his therapist. Yeah. Hell no, I'm rich. <laughs> Look at me. I got money. How much do you think Three he had to pay dollars. or they had to pay him when he, uh, you know... When he had to get arrested and go to prison. It's always $3 million. How could that? It's that's got to be more. Price. Like, you want me to, I would break that down into sort of discrete goals. You know, like, yeah, okay, we're going to, we're at least going to benchmark this thing. Like, our break, get arrested. That's going to cost you at least a million and a half. Break out of prison. That's got to be worth at least four mil. Actually kill the guy. $3 million. Mm-hmm. This whole project is no. going to cost you around eight and a half million bucks, guys. In GoGo Thirteen, he's like Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> it's twenty-five cents a day plus expenses. Oh, what was the the optic phenomenon that they, I'm sure, badly misinterpreted to make it possible for them to climb up the ladder? It started with an H. Oh yeah, where where if there's two lights shining at each other, yeah. Yeah, I missed it. I don't know. But yeah, there's a, there's always something, this just concordance of events. It's like, really? You'd rather pay GoGo13 $3 million than pay 3 million dudes $1 to try and shank him in the prison? Because <laughs> they probably do it for a dollar. They're in an inescapable prison where you get beaten to death and then the warden engraves the star on his gun. Why don't you just bribe the warden? He's a murderous yeah, tyrant. He doesn't seem to have any problem with it. He might as well make some money off it. He's like, excuse me, uh, I have integrity. Yeah, I only murder the people that deserve it. And I do this strictly for my own personal satisfaction. Well, what's even crazier is that he is somehow judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to crimes committed in his prison because Golgo 13 punches one cop and he gets transferred to death row. 
Yeah, a bump in your sentence up, Gogo. That's basically what he says. He's like, I'm by the the penal code of wherever we are. I think he might say Pennsylvania. (laughs) Well, it would be would be Pennsylvania with that fat Irish cop. (laughs) Oh, laddie, Gogo, you're in trouble now, me hearty. I'm a racist stereotype. An Irishman who loves violence and drinking. It's not 1953. (laughs) That character doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) Why would he exist in the United States? It's like, we went to find the worst cops we could. Ireland. (laughs) Um, Now I forgot what I was going to say. Were you going to talk about Don Cheadle in The Guard? No, I... That was the thought had not crossed my mind because he totally liked that big fat Irish guy that was in like in Bruges. Um, he's like the go-to fat Irish dude. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Wait, is is the guard that movie where he's a prison guard and he like turns to evil? Which one? Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. Uh, I don't know. I remember watching some terrible movie on Netflix. Where this guy, he would like, no, oh, the guard is something new. Never mind. I, it was some movie. I thought Don Cheadle was in it. It was probably some other black guy, and I'm just racist. <laughs> uh, but it was. It, it looked like it was straight to video. It was about these two guys. One was like a reformed neo-Nazi or something in the supermax prison. And there's like a guard who's just trying to keep it together, man but he can and ends up being an asshole that like beats a prisoner to death or something. It was bad. It was on Netflix. I think Val Kilmer was in it. <laughs> oh, so. The kiss of death. Say nothing. Say no more. I know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I, wonder, I mean, when I write notes for GoGo13, I pretty much just write down what the characters say. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually need to write notes. <laughs> Uh, like you Asians have really good poker faces. <laughs> Do they? Are you just horribly culturally insensitive? Oh, I can never tell what you Asians are thinking. <laughs> oh man, but every every time I watch this, it just hurts my heart. It seems like you know, at any point we could be one of them. What do you mean? The, that. We could be Gogo Thirteen. No, so this we is like the experiments that the guy did. Yeah, it's like the Milgram yes. experiment. <laughs> Subjecting yourself to Gogo Thirteen. Don't think half you're better of than Gogo Thirteen. The students were given a modified M16 with one bullet, and half of the students were labeled as targets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I now the level of. I mean, Gogo is literally a psychotic. There's no other explanation. I mean, he if you look at the, the criteria and the psychopath test, he's got to meet all of them. He's like 100%. Yeah. Flat affect? I mean, he's definitely got flat affect. <laughs> and that's like the first thing they look for. That's the thing, though. Like, why, why, they, somebody should write a psychopath test book, but just about Google 13. <laughs> it's actually sort of reassuring in a way to know that it, it is, he is so scary... And maybe actually the regular world isn't that bad because it doesn't have GoGo 13 in it. <laughs> yes, thank God. Well, and it's also, you know, thank God the normal world doesn't isn't run by total incompetence who know the identity 
and the face of the most dangerous assassin in the world, and yet are incompetent to do anything about it. Yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe it's like a... It's sort of about a parable of just letting go. You know, you can't be in control all the time. If GoGo 13's coming for you, for you, then it's your time. He's really more like cancer than a person <laughs> in that way. Yeah. You go to the doctor, it's like, I'm sorry, you've contracted GoGo 13. Doctor, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, in you know, roughly a week to two weeks, you'll come down with an acute case of hole in the head. Yeah. Uh, he's going to shoot you right between your eyebrows. That seems to be his favorite part. <laughs> Don't worry, you won't really feel it. Uh, yeah, at least Gogo 13 isn't a cruel killer. Because I feel like his combination of ability and total lack of uh, emotion would make him somebody who's just terrible to be tortured by. Yeah, be murdered by. He would. Well, he would just... You, he would... He would dissect you like a rat. <laughs> but no, the worst he does is spray a canister of almond gas into a room to make you think it's cyanide so you'll leave the, your safe house. <laughs> and so, I mean, you're going to die either way. At least you got to smell some almonds now. Is that almond gas? If they go up to the vent, there's just an, a pie sitting up there. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh. Hey, get that down. That's why Golgo hates the world so much. He wanted to be a baker. Yeah. That's his calling card. Damn it. I, I'm certain we've made that joke on this podcast before. Really? The thing about the, the baker? Pie killer. Just, no, just there's some, somewhere out there there's a killer that leaves pies. That's <laughs> his calling card. Well, it's not crazy that we'd be thinking about pie. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. about pie right now. Almost constantly. Yeah. That's actually what my character in Oblivion does. Uh, I break into people's houses and then cook at their stoves. <laughs> Because the first time, because I don't know where to find cooking pots except in people's houses. I think that it, if you buy a house in a certain city, you can probably have a stove. Your house in White I have never bought a house. Oh man, uh, I'm a vagrant, just a wandering. That was like the first around. thing I did in that game was like farm until I could buy the house in White Run, and then I decorated it. And now I go back there. I could buy a house in uh, what's it called Solitude, but f that. I don't want to be hanging out with some stinky Imperials. Yeah, they're all stinky as far as I'm concerned. Dude, I'm a red guard. That's just straight up racist. At least you're a lizard man. <laughs> I'm just a black human, and people are still like throwing hate my way. Well, the red guard seem like this weird Arabic culture. Uh, I'm not really sure what to think of them. I guess they're they're just sort of vaguely African, but they're yeah, African in the uh, way that you know Africans or you know the Africans that you see, like Morgan Freeman, African. Like North mm. African, Moroccan, we use scimitars and stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that's where I get the the Arabic influence from. Yeah. So it's still like the sort of. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else they would express it, not you know, offensively, since mm. there's not a whole lot of context for which to base a medieval African other than that, you know. Like, we're going to have yeah. this fantasy world populated by Africans, either going to go super racist or sort of Arabic. I feel like that's the that's the choice. But anyway, Golgo 13. I don't know. I really like watching it. Yeah. It's, it's good for a it's, lark. It's just crazy enough that it becomes okay. <laughs> Instead of just making me feel really bad about the world. Why well, like it, it's, it's all the sort of tropes that we've talked about in the movies just compressed down into a half an hour. So even with 
like three times the amount of time to tell a story. The writers of Golgo 13 wrote the exact same story. Yeah, I know. They just, they, so, I mean, 26 episodes of a TV show is probably like nine hours. You could fit four and a half Golgo 13 movies in there. And instead they were just like, well, let's just make that same movie like three and a half more times. Yeah. Let's just do it. Well, and even in the movie, I feel like what they do is they just one-up it in terms of the villains. Like, you've got the weird Cobra guy. Well, maybe just in that movie, it was they went crazy with that. Because you had the Commando Squad. You had the weird Snake Yo-Yo Killer. Then you had Silver and Gold. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that was that was better. These, these guys are a little too mundane, honestly. <laughs> I don't know if maybe that was the... the director of the movie's influence because i don't know anything about the gogo 13 manga if this stuff hues closer to the manga you get some pretty good stuff like gun in a balloon and you couldn't make that shot <laughs> but uh there's definitely nothing on the level of gold and silver uh, at least not I forgot yet about gun in a balloon <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> what i just like balloons <laughs> oh that should have been the name of that episode gun in a balloon like what does that even mean is he gonna smuggle it like cocaine no golgo 13 has too much dignity <laughs> he's, he's pooping out a gun <laughs> oh god that's when he shows all the emotion yeah that's why he's got to save it up for that point <laughs> to use it at any other time would leave him too emotionally drained <laughs> people say he's a ghost a man a machine a monster he's gogo 13 the most feared assassin in the world that's what netflix says there's an episode called steinbeck the <laughs> third a reclusive royal is targeted for murder but as he's guarded 24 7 in the house like a fortress can gogo make the most difficult shot of his career i'm gonna guess the answer is yes emphatically i think there's a yeah, eh, oh. 50-50 chance. The most difficult shot Depends of his career? Is it from the moon? Yeah. Does he have to shoot it... around the curvature of the earth? Does he have to kill the moon? <laughs> <laughs> We're prepared to offer you your standard price. Here's $3 million. I'll do it. Destroy the moon. <laughs> I'm going to need a fancy bullet. <laughs> yeah. No, he, no, he doesn't. He needs the same bullet he always does because he always uses the same M16. gun no matter what. <laughs> he goes to that one gunsmith in a basement. He's like, what? You need to kill the moon. Well, I've been working on some ex- experimental music munitions. Yeah. Moon killing bullets. Congress declared them illegal in Ot 3. <laughs> Considering it would be disastrous to explode the moon. Yeah. Think of the think of the tides, Gogo. Think of the tides. Gogo doesn't think of anything. No, he doesn't. Ever. When you're watching this show, is uh Careless Whisper playing in the background in your head? Because no, I, I, I that really I like not thought of that. You should just go back and watch like any of it when you know there's an action scene or Gogo walking away. And the saxophone part from Careless Whisper matches perfectly. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, when we were playing Dark Souls, I at one point I had my iPhone just playing songs in the background, and Notorious B.I.G. Juicy came up. Smagman was just in the chat channel like, "I like this. Everybody just looks like they're walking around strutting." <laughs> that is awesome. 
but yeah, I can imagine someone should just make a go-go 13 AMV of careless <laughs> whisper. <laughs> they need, I bet I mean, there's, that just, there's a YouTube like 10 hours of careless whisper. There must be. Yeah, just but it's gotta be like the perfect loop. So it's not like the song just plays on repeat. It's the song never actually ends. Oh yeah. And it's only the uh the saxophone part. Uh it doesn't look like it. That's so sad. <laughs> so they could make twenty four hours of the engine. Wait a second, Careless Whisper saxophone. I'm gonna go ten hours. Uh oh. You got it? No. Damn, I thought you were already lost to the rhythm. It's such a long pause. <laughs> it just sucks me. Oh no! We can't bring him back. Wait, maybe. Let me see. No, it's not that. It's some other uh, saxophone thing. It might not. It's, maybe it's not meant to be. It totally is. It's perfect the, for that. The world just cannot handle that much George Michael. It's impossible. Although somebody actually posted a Careless Whisper by George Michael, Alto Sax cover. I think that's just the song. Does that count as a cover <laughs> when you just play the saxophone part? <laughs> it's a cover because it's actually a tenor sax. I don't know if it is. Oh, but this it guy is be. feeling it. Uh, get some. <laughs> oh man I really need to get that as like a ringtone somebody's gonna beat me up and steal my phone and they're gonna put my headphones in it's gonna be Carol's Whisper they're just gonna dr- yeah. like pull it out of their ears disgust it like ooh it's got George Michael all over me just uh, just take it back we don't want it anymore <laughs> you are so my white I know. and also I'm just gonna keep listening to George Michael <laughs> <laughs> So I know they take it out, they ooh, and then they turn over to me and I'm humming it. <laughs> On the yeah, ground. Like curled up while in the fetal holding position. your ruptured kidney. It's like, yo, Rodney, I thought you stabbed that dude. I did. I think that's coming out of his lungs. <laughs> oh, just a bubbling kiss. That is the most careless lungs. whisper. <laughs> Should be using that air to breathe, not sing careless whisper. <laughs> I can't help it. It was right in the middle of the song. Uh, Wasted. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is an hour long loop of the saxophone part. <laughs> there's no there's no actual lyrics. I keep waiting for the chorus the to come in. Oh. Uh, oh, Golgo thirteen. He's alright. Much like George he Michael, doesn't... you do not care for humanity. Yeah. That's a, well, if George Michael truly didn't care for humanity, he can would you make imagine? That like that would be awesome. Part. That's what he does to assassinate people. Like they hear careless whisper, like come on, and they're like, "What's that sound?" And pew! yeah, it's, it's a light motif. <laughs> they hear it over the hospital speakers. <laughs> All the lights start flickering on and off. <laughs> Uh, so, soft at first. First, you hear somebody whistling it as they walk by, and then it comes over the speakers in your safe room. Just sort of amps up. The decibels just go. I wonder how many times louder. I have to watch Careless Whisper before louder. YouTube just starts, you know, suggesting other Careless Whisper covers. Just solely that. 
You just have to just keep, it's like, well, I don't think he watches anything else. It's like, well, you know, we're, it's YouTube. There's probably worse things, but not by much. Ah. <laughs> uh, it feels good, man. It does. Yeah. You want to wrap this up? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to, to to shut down. Ready to go back to the old go-go well. Oh, man, George. There's so many more episodes. What are you doing with them like, ropes? <laughs> now there's like a chain. more episodes like, of go-go. <laughs> he's doing the Simon Belmont whip progression. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's about to get a... He's about to put a chain ball or spiked ball at the end now of it. Now I'm waiting for this video to become like George Michael turning into a vampire. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we better clap. Yeah, before the, this this is getting dangerous. Dangerous. I'm gonna sexual. see if I can turn it up loud enough that they can hear it from my headphones. I think I can hear the briefest hint of it on the wind, <laughs> but uh, th- that might just be GoGo13 coming to get me. <laughs> All right, let's clap. <laughs> All right, <laughs> one, two, three. guy at work and he's like into mastodon and all these other like kind of underground hardcore rock songs and if he's if he's talking to me for too long i just start singing careless whisper to him <laughs> like, ah, i'm gonna go i'm like that was the point Enjoy. all right i'm shutting it down